Welcome to The Naked Truth. Peace to you. Let's pick up where we left off. We're in the book of Genesis and we're at chapter 44. So let's begin with verse 1. And he commanded the steward of his house saying, Fill the men's sacks with food as much as they can carry and put every man's money in his sack's mouth. So um, it's Joseph they're talking about. He's um, like the vice president in modern terms, but he's the Pharaoh's um, next right-hand man who's basically managing all the food in the land for the famine. And um, so he's reunited with his brothers, even though they don't know it's Joseph. Still, he hasn't revealed himself. Um, But they did return with their little brother, Joseph's only full-blood brother, Benjamin, um, to go get more food and to return them and to give back the money that was returned to them the first time with even more money for food the second time. Um, So now he's telling them to load up their stuff with plenty of food and let them take it so they can uh, uh, return to their return to Canaan. Verse two, and put my cup, the silver cup in the sack's mouth of the youngest and his corn money. And he did according to the word that Joseph had spoken. So they set him up the first time by putting their money back, giving them their money back, even though they didn't know they'd given it to sort of test them and see if they would be honest and return the money and return with their brother like they said they would. And they did. Um, So now he's testing them again. But this time uh, with his cup and it's talking about uh, the silver cup. That's like the cup he uses for magic. Um, What they uh, they call it. um, It'll come up, but that's the cup he's talking about. Uh, so basically he's saying set him up again and this time set up their little brother Benjamin his only full blood brother this time um, by putting things in their um, in their stuff without them knowing it just like the first time with the money and the servant did what his boss told him to Uh, verse 3 as soon as more as the morning was light the men were sent away they and their asses so uh, once morning came, Joseph uh, sent his brothers on back to Canaan with the provisions they came there for, with the food, but also with um, his cup, um, divination, that's the word, um, that he uses for his magical rituals. Um, so he sent them away with that. Verse 4, and when they were gone out of the city and not yet far off, Joseph said unto his steward, Follow after the men, and when thou dost overtake them, say unto them, Wherefore have ye rewarded evil for good? So he's saying he sent them away with the stuff, but as soon as he sent them away before they got too far, he sent his servant after them again to seize them, to stop them and ask them, Why would you uh, repay me evil for the good I did you? I gave you the food, gave your money back, and sent you away. I let you feast, didn't hurt you, and even gave your brother Simeon back to you, who he was holding prisoner. And you're going to turn around and steal my stuff from me. Or he's saying, why would you turn around and steal from me after I was so good to you? Even though he knows in his heart and his servant knows that they've just set him up, set them up. Verse 5. Is not this... It in which my Lord drinketh, and whereby indeed the he divineth, yea, ye have done evil in so doing. So they're saying, oh, what they're saying, what the what he's saying is, why would you steal the cup that he uses for his magical rituals? 
And I would think that the cup must be something they drink to induce visions or whatever it may be. It may not even be that at all because, you know, a cup is part of the Christian ritual. Also, when it comes to the sacrament, when you take uh, bread and wine to um, for communion. So a cup is involved there also. But in the case of his uh, uh, religious rituals, excuse me, it's talking about divination and uh, like if you were to drop acid or eat shrooms and see visions and have a psychedelic trip or um, like in a teepee if you were Native American and were with a shaman and that sort of thing. It's to induce the uh, uh, the spiritual, it's part of the spiritual ritual. So that's what he uses that cup for. And he's, he's saying, he's asking them, don't y'all know that that's what he uses it for? Why would you steal that? Verse six, and he overtook them and he spake unto them, these same words. So that's the message Joseph told them to take, told the servant to take back to them when he overtakes them and seizes them. And that's what he told them when he did. Verse seven, and they said unto him, wherefore saith my Lord these words, God forbid that thy servants should do according to this thing. So they're like, why are you accusing us of that? Why in the world would we do that? God forbid we should steal from you after you were so good to us. Verse 8, Behold the money which we found in our sacks, mouths, we brought again unto thee out of the land at Canaan. How then should we steal out of thy Lord's house silver or gold? So they're saying, look, we were honest enough or at least upright enough to bring back the money that we found was refunded to us, returned to us, even though we didn't know y'all did that intentionally. So why in the world would we be thieves and stealing from you if we were honest enough to bring that money back why would we turn around and steal gold or silver from you verse 9 with whomsoever of thy service it be found both let him die and we all they also will be my lord's bondsmen so they're saying if you find that cup that you're saying they stole from them if you find that with them you can go ahead and kill whoever stole it from you and you can also take all the rest of them as slaves that's what they're saying they're that certain they didn't steal from him not knowing he set them up not the servant but joseph set them up verse 10 and he said, Now also let it be according unto thy your words. He with whom it is found shall be my servant, and ye shall be blameless. So they're saying, Okay, fine. Uh, we'll go by what you say. Let your word be your bond. If you say you didn't steal it and we find that find it on you, then the one who we find it on, that's who we'll take as a slave. The rest of y'all are free to go, knowing who they set it up, who they who they'd already set up in advance. Verse 11, then they speedily took down every man his sack to the ground and opened every man his sack. So they're that sure that they hadn't stolen anything from him, from them since they hadn't, um, that they jumped down and let him search their stuff. They let down uh, their uh, sack. That's what it's talking about. Uh, so that he, he could search for what it is they accuse, they're, accuse, they're accused of stealing. Verse 12, and he searched and began at the eldest and he left at the youngest and the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. So they did that on purpose, all for theater, just like American uh, theater when it comes to politics, where they pretend they're after justice and pretend they're after truth and justice in the American way when that's not the case at all. That's borne out now with what's happening in Ukraine, where the president there is caught between a rock and a hard place. He's forced to cooperate with 
America because America who is, is who provides them with so much subsidies and financial help that he can't really say anything against America, even though it's sort of America who's put him in this position because remember with the impeachment trials of the former president, it was because of a deal he was asked to make or allegedly at, uh, it's because of a deal he was allegedly asked to, let me say it again. It's because of the deal he allegedly asked the Ukrainian president uh, for uh, on the side, a side deal, allegedly, supposedly, um, uh, for his own benefit that he was impeached. Only during the impeachment, no one asked for a transcript of the conversation between the former president and the president of Ukraine, nor did the president of Ukraine publish the uh, conversation and he'd absolutely have to have that written because he speaks one language and this country speaks another. So there had to be an interpreter. And if there's an interpreter, there's a record. And yet no one in the Congress here in America and no one there in Ukraine or anywhere else required that that transcript be made public for everyone to see. If it was so on the up and up, why would that not be done? If you're really after truth and justice and trying to get to the bottom of the uh, the the bottom line of what happened with that impeachment, why would you not have done that? And yet no one, Democrat or Republican in America, uh, sought that at all or published that at all. And neither did the former president. If he was so uh, honest about what it is he did and hadn't done anything shady, he could have cleared himself easily by saying, look, here's the transcript of all the conversations I had with the Ukrainian president. At no time did he ask for that. And yet he didn't. He didn't do that. Neither did the Congress. It gives you a clear idea that uh, white supremacy is what it's all about. At least to me, that's what it seems. White supremacy is all is what it's all about. Letting that former president get away with all those obvious, seemingly obvious crimes and manipulations because he's white. Because if the same thing had happened and a male, because if the same thing had happened to uh, Obama you better believe that every transcript transcript would have been published and he would have been dragged. And same thing with Hillary Clinton. If she had been president and had done any of those things, uh, just like they went after her hard drives, they would have gone after those transcripts, which aren't hard to go after because there's a record of them. And they would have published them and made it clear that she was up to shady dealings. But they didn't do that because the former president is a white man in America and in America and in the world, it seems white supremacy is a force. It's just like the beast of revelation that is talked about there. Like those beasts, it's a power, it's a force that goes around and um, is prevalent in the world. But that's a whole nother subject. But you see here that they're unloading theirs because they don't have anything to hide or so they thought. Um, and it's theater. They went with the oldest, knowing it's not with any of them. They know it's with the youngest one because that's who it was planted on by them. Um, so they use it as theater to build up the suspense, to make them all say, oh, look, see, we didn't steal it. Oh, he didn't steal it. He didn't steal it. He didn't steal it. See, you're wrong. We didn't steal anything until they get to the youngest, the one who was set up in the first place. Verse 13. Then they rent their clothes and laid it every man his ass and returned to the city. So again, it's not talking about his butt. They're talking about their animals, their pack mules, their donkeys, their jackasses. So they rent their clothes, meaning they were so upset they tore their clothes. That's what they mean. It was a thing they did back then. 
And they loaded up their um, jackasses again with all of their stuff and returned with the servant to Egypt, to Africa, to Joseph. Verse 14, and Judah and his brethren came to Joseph's house, for he was yet there, and they fell before him on the ground. So they've returned back to Joseph, and he's still waiting on them. And uh, they've prostrated themselves. They both basically bowed down to him again, letting them know uh, they're in his hand. Verse 15, and Joseph said unto them, what deed is this that ye have done? Why ye not uh, that such a man as I can certainly divine? So he's saying, why did you do this? Why would you steal my uh, divining cup? Didn't you know that someone like me could do that? He's basically saying, you didn't think I was capable of performing magic because that's what the divining is. It's talking about their religion, which is magic. That's whether you think of it as black magic, voodoo, or whatever the case may be. That's what it's referring to, or Wicca, because that's another religion. That's what he's referring to. He's saying, why would you steal my cup? Didn't you know I was capable of um, great things of magic, divining, and uh, um even though he knows he set them up in the first place. Verse 16, and Judah said, what shall we say unto my Lord? What shall we speak? Or how shall we clear ourselves? God hath found out the iniquity of thy servants. Behold, we are, my, they're saying they are my Lord's servants, both we and also, he also with whom the cup is found. So even though the servant told them um, that only the one who the cup is found with would be the slave, uh, they're sticking with their word in this instance to let um, not the servant know, but his boss, Joseph, know that, well, we didn't know that he'd stolen the cup because they think he stole it because it was found with him. And like America says, possession is nine tenths of the law. So they're saying we didn't know he stole it, but he did. And since he did, you're entitled to have them all as slaves. And they're saying, what else can we say? What can we do? How can we clear ourselves? There's nothing they can say. The property was found with him. Verse 17, and he said, God forbid that I should do so, but the man in whose hand the cup is found, he shall be my servant. And as for you, get up, get you up in peace and unto get you up in peace unto your father. So they're saying he so Joseph is saying, No, 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 don't worry about that. All of y'all aren't gonna be my slaves, just the one who stole the cup, the one who the cup was found with, that would be Benjamin. His youngest, his only full blood brother, the one who he was yearning to see again in the first place. So he's letting the brothers know, no, you're free to go. I'm just going to keep Benjamin. And y'all can go on back to uh, your father. Verse 18. Then Judah came near unto him and said, O my Lord, let thy servant, I pray thee, speak a word in my Lord's ears. And let not thine anger burn against thy servant, for thou art even as Pharaoh. So... He's humbling himself to go to Joseph and say, can I please just have a word with you and um, just uh, give me a second to talk with you, please, because he knows you have the you're you might you might as well be Pharaoh because you're second in command. He knows Joseph has authority, in other words. Verse 19, my Lord asked his servants, saying, have ye, have ye a father or a brother? So now he's going back to the first time that they um, encountered Joseph and went there for food. And the whole conversation they had with him then when he asked them about the rest of their family who didn't come with them that first time. 
verse 20 and we said unto my lord we have a father an old man and a child of his old age a little one and his brother is dead and he alone is left of his mother and his father loveth him so they're telling him we told you the first time how our father has a favorite and the favorite is his youngest the only brother of the presumed dead joseph uh, so they're just basically telling him again what they told him the first time when he asked about the family. Verse 21, And thou saidest unto thy servants, Bring him down unto me, that I may set mine eyes upon him. So again, just going over the first time they met and how Joseph made them uh, uh, swear that they uh, are, he obligated them to come back with their youngest brother to confirm their words. Verse 22, And we said unto my Lord, The lad cannot leave his father, for if he should leave his father, his father would die. So letting them know that they couldn't bring Benjamin, just like they told him the first time, we don't want to just bring Benjamin because uh, their father, he's his their father's favorite so much so that if Benjamin does get uh, separated from Jacob slash Israel, it would break his heart and it would kill him. Verse 23, And thou saidest unto thy servants, Except your youngest brother come down with you, ye shall see my face no more. So again, just going over the agreement they made the first time, that unless they bring Benjamin back the next with them the next time, don't come back here again. Verse 24, And it came to pass, when we came up unto thy servant, my Lord, we told him the words of my Lord. So they're saying when they went back to their father, that's when they're saying their Lord. They're saying when they went back to Jacob the first time and gave him the message that they uh, can't go back again without Benjamin. Um, they're saying they went to Jacob and told him the message and the agreement they made the first time they went to Egypt. Verse 25, and our father said, go again and buy us a little food. So they're recounting to him the reason they returned again and how they ran out of food and Jacob sent them back there for more. Verse 26, and we said, we cannot go down if our youngest brother be with, if our, oh, let me start again. And we said, we cannot go down. If our youngest brother be with us, then we will go down. For we may not see the man's face except our youngest brother be with us. So again, just letting him, they're telling Joseph now that they gave their father the message that they can't return to Africa again unless they bring Benjamin with them. Verse 27, And thy servant, my father, said unto us, Ye know that my wife bare me two sons. So again, you know that had to be on their hearts that um that um he considers only those two his sons not all the rest of them it seems such a shady thing a bad parenting thing to do but again it's different standards back then than there are now um it, it seems to me in modern standards it'd be condemned for you to uh discount the life and the connection of all the rest of the brothers and only count as valid the two brothers who the father had from the wife that he loved and all the rest of them less so but whatever the case may be that's where they're at and they're letting them know that um those are the two that counted and that mattered to their father uh, because they're the children of the wife who he loved more than their mother verse 28 and the one went out from me and i said surely he's torn in pieces and i saw him not since so they're letting them know that that's the message that Joseph, that Jake, uh, that Israel, Jacob, their father, 
had for them when they gave when they told him the message from their first trip to Egypt that he doesn't want his youngest son to go because he's his only son left over since the other son Joseph is presumed dead and he doesn't want to lose his other only son even though he has all those other sons they don't seem to matter since they're from women he didn't really love all that much that's what it is Um, verse 29 on about the surely torn in pieces that's from where the brothers set him up Um, or or at least um, after they sold Joseph into slavery we went over all that in the previous readings they um, took the coat of many colors that was given to him by their father Jacob that made him feel special they took that from him when they sold him into slavery dipped it in blood so and then had that returned by uh, uh, another messenger to make it seem like Joseph had been torn to pieces by some wild animal and that's what happened to him and so that's what Joseph that's what their father Jacob believes happened to his only son Joseph or his only other son Joseph since he considers Benjamin his only other son those are his only two sons according to them and apparently that's how he treated them Verse 29, and if ye take this also from me and mischief befall him, ye shall bring down his gray hairs with sorrow to the grave. So they're letting him know that's the message that Jacob had for them. If he's already lost his one son, Joseph, and if something bad happens to Benjamin, then he's going to go to his grave in sorrow uh, for the loss of his only two sons. Again, even though he has all those other sons also, they don't seem to matter. And that probably made Joseph feel pretty good. The fact that not only was he his father's favorite, but his brother also is his father's favorite and his only sons in his eyes, even though he has all those other ones, even an oldest son doesn't seem to matter to him. Just those two, because they're the children of his old age from the wife who he loved, not from the slaves, not from the side pieces and not from um, anyone else. It's from the wife, Rachel, who he loved. Verse 30, now therefore, when I come to thy servant, my father, and the lad be not with us, seeing that he, that his life is bound up in the lad's life. So they're saying, so if they go back to Jacob, Israel, and um, Benjamin is not with them, his heart is so attached to his youngest son. That's what they're lead, That's what they're saying here. And in verse 31, it shall come to pass when he seeth that the lad is not with us, that he will die. And thy servants, they're saying that he, their father, Jacob, Israel, will die. And thy servants shall bring down the gray hairs of thy servant, their father, with sorrow to the grave. So they're saying if they go back to uh, to uh, Canaan, where Israel slash Jacob still lives, because he didn't go down there with them the first time or the second time, if they return again, without Benjamin this time, because remember the last time they returned without another son, Simeon, now they, if they return again without Benjamin, his favorite, then it'll break his heart and it'll kill him. That's what they're telling Joseph. Verse 32. Um, for thy servant became surety for the lad unto my father, saying, If I bring him not unto thee, then I shall bear the blame, then he shall bear the blame to their father forever so he's saying that's the agreement they made and that's how they had that's the only way they were able to convince jacob slash israel 
to let them return the second time and take Benjamin with them the second time. If it would have just been all of them go the second time, uh, Jacob wouldn't have had any problem with that if they didn't make it back. But he didn't want to risk his youngest son, his favorite son, his only living son left, um, anything happening to him. Um, so they relayed the message, recounted the message back to Jacob, to Joseph of how it is they were able to return the second time with Benjamin and how that he was even um, surety. In other words, he was the collateral for uh, Benjamin's life, that if Benjamin didn't return the, uh, back alive, safe and sound, then um, it'd be his life for Benjamin's. Verse 33, now, therefore, I pray thee, let thy servant abide instead of the lad a bondman to my Lord and let the lad go up with his brethren. So he's basically begging him that uh, let him stay behind and not Benjamin, even though Benjamin is the one who's set up to be caught with the stolen goods. He's saying, don't keep him behind because it would kill their father. Instead, let him stay behind as the slave and as the, the, the prisoner. And let Benjamin, even though he was found with the cup, even though he didn't steal it, let him go back so that it doesn't break their father's heart and kill him. Verse 34, for how shall I go to my father and the lad be not with me, lest peradventure I see the evil that shall come on, he's saying, their father. So he's saying, how could he possibly go back to their old man, their father, without the son who he's terrified won't make it back in the first place how can they possibly return him without benjamin um and see what evil would happen to him see him die of heartbreak uh of not having his son benjamin who he's so worried about return with them again so um basically he's begging him to take him instead of benjamin so that he doesn't have to go back to canaan and see his father's heartbreak and death over losing yet another son. And that actually concludes this reading. That's the end of this chapter and this reading. I appreciate you checking it out with me as always. I hope it was a blessing for you and that you'll join me again. We have these readings on Mondays and Wednesdays at random times. And on Saturday nights after midnight, early Sunday morning, we have that reading in case you want to try and see when they're published. That one is the one that's at uh, the at the scheduled time. You can see these past readings while they last here on this platform. Um, or if you're an adult, you can see them on my platform while it lasts. It's hungtgirl.com. You can click on the links there and find out about me, body, mind, spirit, and soul, as much as I can let you know about me there. And if you would like to see the past readings uh, there, I focus on, I put the ones there of the Gospels um, of what Jesus actually had to say. That's what the Gospels are. Because as it turns out, the whole Bible isn't what Jesus has to say. It's not a Christian message. The Bible is full of different religions, as we just read. One of the religions is, is magic. And so um, that's not Christianity. That's another religion. And it is in the Bible. And it was practiced by even the patriarchs, no matter what your church may tell you. Um, but the things Jesus had to say appear in only six books of the Bible, which make it a tenth or, if you will, a tithe of the whole Bible for us Christians. So that's what we focus on, on the naked truth in general. And that's what I focused on posting on my website so that whether these platforms deplatform me again or not, you can at least still see 
the message of what Jesus had to say in that form on my website um, while they last. And that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the first chapter of the book of Acts and the book of Revelation. Those are the only books in the Bible that have anything that Jesus actually said. All of the rest of the Bible, you're free to try and live by, but you're going to run into confusion and contradiction because they do. They contradict. As you just, as we just read, that's a whole other religion that he practices with the divination and stuff. And yet, if you're going to try to live by the whole Bible, you can't possibly do that. And, well, I guess you probably could, but you're going to run into contradictions if you try and do live by what the Old Testament tells you to do and why what the, what the New Testament tells you to do as opposed to what Jesus Christ tells you to do, which again, you're free to try to do, but you're going to run into confusion and contradiction with the Bible itself beyond what other people may tell you or what you may have heard in whatever holy place or so-called holy place you may go to worship and try and approach God. So that's what we focus on as far as the red letters of the Bible Red letter Christianity, it's what Jesus actually had to say. Because if you're a Christian, why would you uh, focus on anyone else's words as your guide to salvation, as your compass, your roadmap to get to God, if you're a Christian? Um, so um, feel free to check out those past readings. And some of them are even audio. They're not, some aren't just audio. They're also video, video so you can read along with me just in case you don't have access to a Bible yourself. And in case you think I'm trying to lie to you or change the words. And in some cases, I don't change the words, but I will use other word because some of the things you don't want to say, I don't want to say out loud. You can say them if you want to. But Jesus tells us if you're a Christian, it's by your words, you'll be justified and by your words, you'll be condemned. And that for even every idle word you may speak, you're going to give an account of it. So there are lots of things in the Bible that I wouldn't actually put the energy of my voice in the saying, because I believe those words have power, they have energy, and you're going to reap them. They're going to manifest in your life, even if they're in the Bible, maybe even especially if, in, if they're in the Bible. Um, and if they contradict Jesus's words, why would you want to put your energy into those? Because to me, that's setting yourself up for uh, reaping something bad. But that's just me. And that's what we focus on here on The Naked Truth. Um, so I hope you'll join me again. Stay safe. Wear your mask. Love your neighbor. Wash your hands. And God bless you. Thanks again. And peace to you. See you next time.